This is Phil Collins. And this is Tony Banks. Hi, this is Mike Rutherford from Genesis, and you're with Andy Fox on The Rock Show on GTFM. A very good evening and welcome to a special programme here on GTFM, BCFM and Rock Radio UK. My name's Andy Fox. Now, one of the surprises in a dismal 2020 was the March announcement that Phil Collins, Tony Banks and Mike Rutherford would reform Genesis to play 17 shows called The Last Domino Tour, originally scheduled for November and December this year, but now rescheduled for 2021. 
Genesis began in 1969 and have released 15 studio albums, selling over 100 million albums worldwide. They started with the original five-man lineup, including charismatic frontman Peter Gabriel and guitarist Steve Hackett. Gabriel departed in 1975 and then Hackett in 1977, reducing the group to the trio of Collins, Banks and Rutherford, who had five number one albums between 1980 and and 1991. Collins left in 1996 but reunited to tour in 2006 and now once again in 2020 with Collins' son Nick playing drums. In the first hour tonight we hear from the current Genesis members about the reunion tour and then we bring you Genesis live from London's Lyceum in 1980. Firstly Tony Banks talks about the idea of the reunion. Yeah, we, we haven't really tried to keep it incredibly secret, but, you know, we, we were looking into the possibilities when we were over there. We uh, did two or three weeks of playing together to see if we could, still could and if it was going to work with a slightly different lineup. And, and it went very well, so now we've decided to do it. <laughs> I think maybe we started to mull it over when I was doing the album. All guys came, you know bit of support but also you know just to see what it was like um i was out for kind of a little longer than i anticipated i mean I, you know but that's management for you <laughs> um but you know we we did go around the world but um yeah i think it's never really been off the table completely but it, it kind of crept its way back on the table mm during that time. I was, I'm, actually, I'm actually proud of that, you know what I mean? We've always made good friends. Um, had a great sense of humour within our, our sort of mm. team of three, which is great. Um, and so it was always, um, as Phil said, not off the table, but it's, happened, it's been a natural process, you know, Phil went back on the road, and his son drumming Nick, which is great, and then sort of it felt um, kind of the right time, really.
the moment in time we're doing we're back together again there's something great about being in a band you have a sort of sound which is I can't do the mechanics you know it's a different sort of it needs to be us three and, and the other two you know playing together to make that sound which is going I think to be a band is also a shared responsibility which is quite a thing I think it takes some of the I'm sure each of us in our, and when we're doing a side of things are kind of in charge of it and you know if you're not doing anything nobody else is you know what I mean mm. whereas in this it's kind of like everybody's sort of you can you relax a little bit you know other people we know what each of us is capable of and what each of us kind of role within the group is a little bit and that I think it makes it a lot easier I don't, we don't see it like that of course but I know other people do a little bit and there's always a little bit that in between period when after Peter left most people take the, the change being after Peter left in mm. many ways I think um, I think we just we just you just did what, what appealed to us at the time really I think one thing that changed us quite a bit when we started doing the solo stuff in each as individuals it kind of meant that when we came back to the group we tended to do uh, stuff group written material so, so everyone was kind of involved in a different way produced a different kind of result
asked about the punk thing, whether we were aware of that, we sort of missed the big punk We were on tour, change, so we, we never spotted it. Suddenly we came back and we, we were kind of, apparently, we were kind of like yesterday's people. But when we started, we were very lucky that Follow You, Follow Me was a hit, actually. It sort of took us slightly out of the, being totally dependent on the rock world, I suppose. I don't know. But everyone, all the competition fell away, you know. Mm. Yes, ELP all sort of seemed to go by the wayside. We were lucky, I think. Timing was, was half the thing. And uh, it's interesting you mentioned about the punk thing, though, because the lyric, to some extent, had some reference to possibly us being out of date, I think. We've kind of always thought, and I think this was the first time that we saw the opportunity to to um, do something about it was that a lot of people don't realise that a lot of the music that have come out of the Genesis, underneath the Genesis umbrella, if you like, um, a lot of people don't know uh, I play the drums and a lot of people don't know that Peter maybe was, was the original singer with Genesis. I mean, obviously, Genesis fans do, but a lot of people out there don't. And, and um, there's a lot of stuff that's come out of, of the band, a lot of good music. People forget from this one band, you've got the Gabriel career, the Collins career, Mike and the Mechanics. So much music, and you kind of lay these songs like uh, um, In the Air Tonight, Beko, Turn It On Again, Living Years. You see those songs together, and it's a great body of work and very varied. Some fans, um, uh, old songs to them are, are songs from Abacab, you know. Uh, and in fact, we have a, a much longer history. I mean, there's probably only well, in English band terms, anyway, I mean, obviously you've got people like Grateful Dead and, and probably bands like that have been around a long time, but, but really you've got, you've got the Stones and the Who and us, and their old songs are, are, the, are the songs that go back to the late 60s or mid-60s in the case of the Stones and the Who. But um, it depends on who you talk to, yeah. I mean, are, I think older fans of ours tend to sort of to criticise or, or, or not enjoy or feel they shouldn't enjoy the shorter songs because that, those are the songs that have actually been in the charts and they, they feel like that maybe we've sold out or commercialised what we do to get them there. Uh, and in fact, you know, we have had those kind of songs throughout the history of the band. I mean, I Know What I Like was one of the early hits we had in England, but I mean, all the way through the history of the band, it, there have been short songs, you know, and, and there have been long songs. So it depends who you talk to, uh, who likes what. There is lambs will under my naked feet The warm is soft and warm Gives off some kind of Salamander's chorus into flame to be destroyed. Imaginary creatures are trapped in birth on the celluloid. The fleas cling to. 
Phil, Tony and Mike talk about the tour production, what to play in the set list and the introduction of Nick Collins to the drum stall in Genesis on the reunion tour. You know, we're playing arenas and uh, so, you know, it's not like we're playing stadiums and, and we've got to throw the kitchen sink in because there's people half a mile away. We've always been known for taking, uh, you know, lights mm. and staging to a certain place, you know, and I think that we won't disappoint on that. But, you know, we are a few months away and we had, we're having production meetings now. Well, no one's ever going to be 
Totally happy. I mean, some people will be happy enough. I mean, you can't do every song that people want to do. I mean, I know there's large people out there who want us to play The Holy Supper's Ready, but then that's third of the show, you know. Um, and then a lot of the other people wouldn't want to hear that at all. So you kind of got to make some sort of balance. We do this a little bit by doing excerpts and medleys and stuff, you know, um, particularly the instrumental stuff. Mm. Doing some of the things that we've done for many years that we know people like to hear. Some things just work great on stage. There's a bit of a clue in the, in the name of the tour. That's one song we might be doing. But beyond that, you know, we're still, we've rehearsed so far probably about two and a half, three hours worth of stuff. I mean, I didn't try to convince anybody. I, I did think he'd be capable of doing it. You know, I mean, when we started my tour this time around, he was 16. You know, and I, I think when I presented the idea to my band, you know, that I was hoping there was going to be no as the boss's son you know we're going to make this work it, it didn't um didn't come up and over a period of time he got better and better and better by which time the guys had seen him and i think mike put it uh, succinctly when when he said you know he gets it he gets what what needs what it needs to sound like you know, what's happened is that I think having this new energy from, from Nick has brought, firstly, the new energy enthusiasm, which is great, which we, we are anyway enthusiastic, but also it's changed because Chester was the most fantastic, we had a wonderful time with Chester, 40 years, great drumming, but in a way, it's a whole new sound now because Nick is more like his dad, so the songs sort of gone back to almost sounding more like they were on the original record and Phil Drum, which, which in a way makes them feel different by quite a lot way, and I, I like that, you know, it's new for us.
Genesis were compared to some of the prog bands of the 70s, King Crimson, Camel and Yes. But Phil Collins says they always tried to be a little different. And like, um, yes, they had a certain direction that they took. We never had a direction. We wrote songs, you know, and some of these songs were 10 minutes, some were 15, some were 20, some were three. And if they sounded better, if, if an idea was right at three, you know, three or four minutes long, you, couldn't, you, don't, you don't want to sort of milk it for everything it's worth. If an idea fitted in a three or four minute format, if you like, not that we thought of formats as such, but if it sounded better as a three or four minute song, then we would leave it like that. Other things like Supper's Ready, you have, an, you have ideas that, that don't necessarily have punchlines and they, they drift into other moods and then you have your 10 minute songs, 12 minute songs, whatever. Um, we've always done a bit of everything, you know. It's like me, I do, I write lots of different types of songs. And um, for um, a nursery crime album, when you have some song like Harlequin, which is really a straight song, straight ahead song, verse, chorus, verse, chorus. Um, but because it was surrounded by things like uh, Hogweed and Musical Box, it didn't sound like a straight song. And we were trying to write singles for years, you know. We were putting carpet crawlers out, I Know What I Like. Um, the Lamb Lies Down, which songs that we thought were singles, but nobody ever played them because A, we were unknown, and B, we were branded as an album group. But nowadays, our, our three or four minute songwriting ability has got better. So, um, of course, things will change. And maybe we've, we've not been what that person thought we were in the first place. You know, maybe we were never a progressive rock group. Maybe we were always just a, a group of songwriters. Um, saying, how about this for an idea? Let's have a, we've got this idea for a song about a hermaphrodite. Let's do that. Um, or how about, how about writing a song about this little girl that 
you know, playing croquet and knocks her, fa- her family's heads off on the croquet lawn. You know, I mean, it could have been like that. You know, people, but we didn't ha- wake up and sort of have this massive image and sort of this thing we wanted to say. We were just writing songs, you know. What's interesting is I do remember is that, you know, when you're that age, there's no long-term plan. You know, two years is a lifetime. You can't think beyond two years. So we didn't really have a plan as to what we are going to do beyond try and be a little bit different. You know, I mean, you talk, you talk to all the band, the original band, and we'll quote, influence-wise, we'll quote, you know, the Beatles, the Kinks, the Who, a lot of Tamla Motown. But you hear the early songs, and you can't really hear that. It's just a sort of... We started writing together and got a sort of certain sound, slightly folky, which then went to sort of quite big dramatic movements. Um, and just sort of, we just felt our way through that. There was, in those days, there were slightly more bits you already had, in a sense, whereas I think later on in life, we became a three-piece, we did more jamming from sort of day one.
Genesis were always seen as a theatrical act, especially in the early days, when a certain Peter Gabriel fronted the band. I think in a sense what helped us was our music lent itself towards atmospheric interpretation. You know, the, the moody passages, the especially Tony's chords and the drama meant that it worked on stage. If you, if you lit it and made it sort of present it in the same way, it made it, it raised the bar, I think, a bit each time. The thing is, you know, I just, it didn't film anything. And so over the years, people, you know, we talk about Peter's bat wings and all the costumes, you know, but it's just words. When you saw it live, it felt slightly less theatrical. It felt strong, but it, was, it felt more natural, you know what I mean? But the costumes that were spoken about are pictures. They seemed slightly, slightly staged, but in reality, it didn't feel that way when we did Pet It Live. I mean, I think Peter was a, a strong frontman in a sense, but it's always about the songs and the sound, really, I think, and the name. Now, the, the, the one thing, that, as you know, that had Peter run it by us, we'd have already said, probably said no. So Peter had the, the brains to realise, actually, don't tell him what I'm doing, just do it. And it worked that way, otherwise like, we'd, we'd have vetoed most of his things.
I think the Peter idea is something that just it's out there floating as an idea. If it'll come to life, I don't know. It'd be fun to do because it was it's a very defined process project. You know, in a sense, the, the word reform is almost the wrong word. It's like a project. You know, to get back together again and do. I suppose part of the land, maybe some of it would be fun to do. It's all making sense. A bit more trepidation than we did with what we did with the, the, you know, the, the other later group because we, as I said, we have we've done that for twenty years and we have great confidence in, in us all of us. The five of us getting back together, the very original ones, when you know you just don't have quite that same feeling. You don't really know how we all are now and how we'd all work together in many ways. Just as players, I'm talking about more than anything else. Mm-hmm. So it's you know it's a little more trepidation, but hey, it'd be quite exciting to try and find out. It's interesting <laughs> to do, yeah. We'll see. I always think you know I've, I've been saying for years never say never you know because you just don't know i mean a lot of bands fall out and so these things are really hard to do so in a sense there's not a hurdle to get over like you know becoming friends again we're great friends really and so um these things will sort of come along um when the time is right or not you know that's that's kind of the way we view it i think actually
shepherd. 